What up people, welcome back to the dugouts, you're here with your boy Ryan Leaf And I'm hoping you guys have had the best weekend, what a way to end it with the North London Derby An action packed game and it was pretty crazy And uh, guess who I'm here with, uh, infamous Arsenal fan Daniel Skilton What's up? What up Dan, how are you my G? I'm good, and as I said I got a headache from that game <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine bro, I can imagine because uh, that game was full of action did you expect a 2-2? To be honest, not really. I did. A lot of my predictions were for the game I did get correct. Though I did say Tottenham will get a penalty. I actually wish I put money on it now, but anyway. Yeah, yeah no, I expected the victory, to be honest with you, but yeah. I, I don't know if you saw, but yesterday I had, um, I had a couple of, uh, couple of lads on the podcast. Yesterday we recorded a... A quick episode and um, it wasn't published yet but it will be soon so we discussed the game today and whatever the case is and nobody got their predictions right like nobody yeah, literally no, nobody it was it was a bit of a twist up uh, a twist up and a unexpected result but you know what at the end of the day Tottenham made the Champions League final I think a lot of people underestimated them and I think, if I'm honest with you, I think they pulled a very good PR stunt with all the, you know, everyone is going on about, oh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's uh, eruptions going on in the camp and the guys are unsettled and stuff. But at the end of the day, this is still the same Tottenham team that made it to the Champions League final, you know. They've got some very good players in their team and I think to, to underestimate them at the way I saw a lot of people do, I think it was a very bad thing. Yeah, but let, let's be honest, like, like you did say, I, I, don't, I don't believe it was a PR stunt because look at it this way. There has been issues with the fact that Jan Futongan hasn't been playing. This is the first time he's played the entire season and he's been fit the entire time. So that means there obviously is a problem there between Pochettino and Jan Futongan. Then the whole Christian Eriksen debacle on whether he's going to leave or not. That's the other issue that people have. So there, there is unrest in the camp, you know what I'm saying? So, so how, how, how did you find the game, Dan? I found it interesting. I said Aubameyang was going to equalize and he did. I said Pepe was going to get an assist and he did. I did say Pepe would score the winner, but unfortunately he didn't take his chances. But that's life, isn't it? I think Nicolas but, um, Pepe had a very impressive game, honestly. I, really think, I, think, I think he did have a, he had like a very... It was a game where you could see the little flashes of his quality. And I'm pretty happy about that. I'm happy you got a good 19 minutes under his belt. But um, I think the most impressive person on the pitch today was Matteo Guendouzi. Oh yeah, he took the words out of my mouth. He was, he was fantastic. I mean, for a guy that's... He's not even 20 yet, I don't think. He's 19 years <laughs> old. I think that's that's the most mature performance that I've seen from any kind of 19-year-old that I've seen. Mm, no, definitely. He's, he's coming on leaps and bounds, to say the very least. And... In all honesty, I think he's going to be a prospect for the future. But again, you know what? As much as I wanted to win the game, I'm still uh, I'm still looking at it from a realistic point of view. 
we've still got Bellerin to come back, Tierney to come back next season. We've got Saliba, we've got Rob Holding to come back. Guys need to calm down. I know we wanted the win, but at the end of the day, it's a long-term project, as I said to you a while back. I'm looking for top four this season. As much as I want to win the league, that's not going to happen. But, you know, I don't think we should beat ourselves up too much. I mean, the fact that we came from 2-0 down and we came back uh, comfortably, you know, it just shows there is character building within the team. Yeah, yeah. Walk me through walk me through Christian Eriksen's goal because we saw we saw Tottenham winning the ball in midfield. Harry Wings played the ball to Eric Lamella, and Lamella had it, it wasn't the hardest of shots that I've seen in the world. Yeah, no, Leno, listen, yeah, Leno had to do better with that. Really, the people I keep seeing. I saw the commentators jumping on David Luiz, and I'm like, what the fuck? The man can only do so much. Socrates turned off. Leno should have had that ball on toast. No, but if, if you, you see a shot like that, hmm. if you see a shot like that, you're expecting your goalkeeper to save it. I mean, at, exactly. at, at the least... controlled it or at least pushed it out. At least. Exactly. And I think that's why that's why Socrates and, and David Luiz switched off because in their minds mm. they're saying, Burn Leno got this. He's going to catch it. He's going to hold it or whatever the case is. And that's why they yeah. switched off because who, who in their right minds thinks, oh, he's going to spill this? Yeah, no, I didn't. I never expected it either. I thought, okay, he's going to control it, let's carry on, end of move. Nah, it didn't turn out that way. It turned out to be very, very different. No, I was actually so, very you know, surprised. I mean, and then Christian Eriksen was like very alive to uh, to the danger. He switched <laughs> on, he ran into the box and just had a tap in. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think that was a very... That goal was a... Uh, what's the word? Very soft. A cheap one, yeah. It was soft. I, was I didn't good. expect that. At the end of the day, with their backs against the wall, all, all credit to them for at least getting the lead, you know? Because they, they, they were under it, let's be real. Arsenal were on them, the crowd were on them, and they still, they held it together, they showed the quality they have. The sad thing is, is that there seems to be a very familiar theme when Arsenal play Tottenham or a lot of the big teams. There's one familiar theme that I've been picking up on, and it's that, that Arsenal are the creators of their own demise. Mm-hmm. I think he, I mean with the Ericsson goal with Gunnar Chaka's wild tackle on Son like mm. these are all I things have that few, I have a few I have a few riffs about that penalty though why me personally as much as it was a penalty I'm not going to dispute that it was a penalty but if you watch it back again Xhaka was a fool number one for going to ground but the thing that pisses me off and it's an ethical thing is if you watch Son Jacker came in as soon as Jacker went to the ground I went you fucking idiot because I knew exactly what was going to happen Son looked at him he actually stepped over him and then fell over and made sure that he got clipped once you know what I'm saying so he could Son actually could have avoided the whole thing but you know what North London Derby away from home he sees the man and he's like okay let's take it you but know any player would Dan I mean if, if, I, if <laughs> I'm playing against Gennett Jacker and he's diving into a challenge and I've given the ball off already I'm I'm staying exactly where I am because I want the contact. Exactly, no trust. I'm not going to dispute it was or wasn't a penalty, but you know it is what it is. I'll just why you know, why is Shaka why is he so rash when it comes to these things? Because he's an emotional guy. <laughs> the man, the man. You know what? I love his dedication and I love his heart, but sometimes it gets the better of him, and that's that's the thing that worries me about our back three because. You've got Socrates, you've got Louise, and you've got Jacques, and they're all emotional people. Mm. And they're very rash. They're very rash. 
That's why I can't wait for Rob Holding to come back because he's a very level-headed player. Mm. And he's arguably our best centre-back we have. You know, so I think once he comes in, it'll, it'll add a bit of balance. But we do need, definitely not the, maybe this season, but at the end of the season, I think we need a dominant, composed centre-led to just sit there and dictate the game. Do you think those elements of being um, so, so rash to make decisions, are those elements... Are they able to be coached out of a player, do you think? Maybe. I think if you have the right people next to them, yes. But they don't. Because Jacques is kind of like our leader. He's like our... He's supposed to be our talisman in the midfield, you know? And if, if he's got no one to answer to and he's supposed to be the authority figure, then... <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, don't think, I don't think you can coach it out of them, to be honest. It's in their nature to do so. And that's why you need balance. Like you guys, you've got Matip, who's maybe, you know, what I mean, you're your your diving type player, and Virgil's like your, you know what I mean? Yeah, Calm down, yeah. Relax. Let's all chill, guys. Yeah. We need that. We need someone like that. Do you think? Do you think it's fair to omit someone like Joe Wallach, who's been so impressive the entire season? I mean, do you think it's fair to omit him just because, just because Torreira's fit again? You know what? In all fairness, you don't want to overplay the guy. You don't want to knock his confidence as well. He's had a brilliant start. Last week in Liverpool, he played very well. Um, not the best game we've ever seen, but you know he did what he needed to do. But I think, do you know what? I'm sure you know as a player, when, you, when you're playing a lot, right? I mean, I know it's only four games, but he's still young, he's adapting, he's getting used to it. You can start seeing so much more from the bench and you can start prepping yourself mentally from the bench and you can start maturing more from a, from the bench, giving yourself time to actually reflect, look at what you've done, see what's going on. And when he gets his chance again, you'll see he'll be more improved yeah. on top of what he was. But do I think he deserves to be dropped? No, I don't. I really don't. So so you think you think he should have played over Torreira? I don't think so. But at the same time, I don't feel he didn't do anything to get dropped, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I think because Torreira's got the experience, he's played in the derbies before, mm-hmm. he gives you a more solid uh, defensive type game. Yeah. I think it was right. Because if you think about it, if you had Torreira, you had Guendouzi and you had Willock on the field, I don't think there's enough leadership in that midfield. Jacker still gives you that, do you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that little bit of leadership that we need to get a good balanced midfield. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you do you agree with Unai Emery's selection of those three in midfield? No, I don't. So, who should have been your ideal midfield three? Well, after the game, it's easy to say that Torreira and Guendouzi were the starters. But for me personally, with a bit of experience in their belts, I would have said Jacker. Or Jacker would have had Torreira next to him to create a more solid sentiment partnership. Because those two together are actually quite good. And then I would have had Ceballos in front of them. Just feeding the the front in the three. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And uh, Mesut Ozil was back on the bench today. Do you think he warranted a start or at least to come off the bench to affect things? He can park. <laughs> he can park off. No, really, he's... Do you know what? The man hasn't played in so long. He's always got an excuse. For the last three seasons, he's had excuses to not play. And I'm not bashing him for this game, but I'm just saying he would not have been up for it. Definitely not. He hasn't touched the field since the Barcelona game. He needs to be eased in again and then 
and then we'll see where we go from there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of just throwing him in and expecting him to just run a game, especially of that high intensity where you need players to be running the whole game, I think he would have been more of a liability if he did start, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. David Luiz has been someone that's been obviously also, uh, he's been dividing opinion. I don't know if you watched mm. the, I don't know if you watched the, um, the match build up with Glenn Hoddle and Alan Shearer earlier on today. And oh Glenn Hoddle was very critical, saying that he's, he isn't the defender that he expects to be at Arsenal. Uh, Tony Adams also went in really hectically on him. Um, I don't know if it was fair, but what what are your thoughts on David Luiz so far? My thoughts on David Luiz is that everybody gets this knee-jerk reaction and it's their job to say, oh, he was poor. He had a poor game against Liverpool. We can't deny it. You know, and guys, it's still going on with David Luiz since he's got many mistakes in him on this and that and blah, 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 blah. The man's a mature individual. He, 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 you know what? He's not the number one choice everybody would want at centre-back, but at the end of the day, he, he's a fun he's a fun man to step in there. I mean, Harry Kane didn't go past him today. He did what he needed to do. He cleaned up. He got the ball out of there. Do you know what I'm saying? He did his job today, and, and the fact that these guys keep going on and on and on, you can't buy a, a team within a season. Like everybody's saying about David Luiz, I think he was a great buy. I think if, I think if, if he's available at seven million pounds, he's he's a wonderful short-term solution. Exactly. Plus, you got Rob Holding coming back, who I said is definitely our best centre back we have. He's good at playing the ball out. He's a very level-headed guy. He's calm. He's English, which is a bonus. Because he understands the culture of the club. I wasn't. I wasn't happy with Nacho Monreal leaving because he could have been a backup centre half in, in certain games where Arsenal might need him. Uh, I mean, like, how do you feel about Nacho Monreal leaving? I think he was a great player. I think he did great at Arsenal, but time is up. You got Tierney and Kalasnich. Kalasnich is an absolute animal. I don't care what people have been saying about him. They've been saying, "Oh, his defending is crap and all this," but I'm like. <laughs> When you get one-on-one with him, no one wants to go shoulder-to-shoulder with that man. He's a freak. Yeah. An absolute freak. And then you've got Tierney, who... Do you know what? He's going to be He's going to be one of the best left-backs out there, guaranteed. He's 22. Mm-hmm. The man's won endlessly with Celtic, and I know Scottish League is not as great. But the fact that he kept Andy Robertson out of Celtic says everything. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I just couldn't wait for him and Bellerin to come back. You know, get a bit of stability in the back. You know, because Maitland Niles is not a right back, even though um, he's pretty good at times. But yeah, could uh, could Leno have done more for the penalty save? I mean, I mean, could he have oh saved that penalty? I mean, because we all know Harry Kane goes right, right hand side every single time. You know, I've you know I've always noted you this. I was shouting so much because I knew he was going there. Everybody flipping knew he was going there. Yeah, he, everybody. He was going there. We all know he it's smashes at bottom, bottom right. We all know this. Yeah, exactly. And he's perfected it. And you, you think about it this way: he's away from home. It's a North London derby. He's going to take the safe way, and that's the safe way for a right footer. Is away from the keeper to the right. Yeah. Are you surprised that he's? Sure. Are you surprised that he's managed to score ten goals in the North London derby? He's ten out of ten now. God, I keep hearing people saying this. Half of those are penalties. <laughs> Half of those are penalties. Why are people overhyping this? Seriously, I think he's a brilliant player, world class, one of the best strikers in the world by far. But they keep going on about this record. It's such bullshit hype. Do you know what I mean? It's 
basically it's just adding a bit of hype to the game. The man scored more penalties in the derby than anybody else. Yeah. And they keep going on, oh, Kane this, Kane that, Kane that. It's so predictable. I said that today, Harry Kane was going to score a penalty. I said it. Jeez. Just as I said last week, I said last week that Liverpool were going to score a penalty against Arsenal. And it happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's becoming yeah. so predictable, these things. You know what? That was actually a very exciting game of football. Like I was on the edge of my seat the entire time, <coughs> literally, literally. Which one? The Liverpool Arsenal game? No, 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 no. Today's game, dog. Today's game. Like I was literally like on the edge of my seat the entire game, and it was. Uh, I I love Nicholas Pepe's pass at the outside of his foot to Lacazette. That man is a freak. Mark my words. Like, did you notice how towards the end of the game how he settled in? That nobody actually went near him anymore. Yeah. He's one of those guys that you're scared he's just going to whip it through your, your legs and you're going to look like a total fool. Mm. No one was going near him anymore. To be fair, he could have actually taken control of that game, but I'm not going to go down that road because at the end of the day, it's only a second start in the Premier League and I think he's. We can see where he's going in the future. Yeah. No, 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 100%. And like. I was very happy with uh, with Lacazette's touch for that ball from Nicolas Pepe because that ball literally like was fizzed into him, and he had a great first touch. Just uh, touches the ball away from Jan Vertonghen and smashes it into the roof of the net with his left foot. Like that was really impressive. That was a world class finish, honestly. Do you know what? In all fairness, if if Laka didn't go off, we would have won that game. Yeah, but unfortunately, Laka, goes, yeah, he, was, he was pulling up and he was calling for a sub, so I think they had to make the substitution. <laughs> they had to, I guess. Um, you know what? Man of the match for me, hands down, has to be Matteo Guendouzi. Mm, no, definitely. He was a superb. He was everywhere. It's scary. Come it's scary how confident he is yet 19 years old and how much of a mature head he is at Arsenal already. Like, it's actually scary to know that he's going to get better. Mm. Yeah, you could argue that he's the father of Louise. <laughs> or oh, the other way around? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just joking. But I actually... Yeah, that pass he gave, that pass he gave Aubameyang. When I first saw it, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Because, like, you know, they're, they're going to win the header. Next thing I know, I see it going behind, and I see Aubameyang sneaking in with, like, a little toe poke into the bottom left. And I'm like, what? Mm, madness. That That's was, that was an that absolute peach of a pass, actually. And, and that's not the first time he's done that. He's, he does it once or twice, I've seen. He, he's, if you give him the freedom, I think he can be a very good player. But you need that maturity to sit behind him, someone to just park and just clean up, you know? I have to be really honest here. Um, I think you must have been bummed with the Collie Shinak offside call with VAR. With it yeah, because he really was uh-huh. offside. Like I, I wish I had like, I wish I had some kind of like defense for that. But he really was like, uh, just, I mean, mm. half his body was literally offside, but it's still, it's still off, I guess. Yeah, I know. You know what? With VIR, that's what I like. There's no, there's no controversy around it. It is what it is. It either is or it isn't, and that's what I like. I mean, you look at last season when those bastards drew to us at their own ground and they needed an offside penalty to do so yeah I remember that and like and the reality is you want these calls to be correct I mean you no team no team wants to be robbed of getting three points or even a point I hear people going on about VAR saying oh it takes out the drama in the game well fuck the drama who gives a dog shit about the drama I want the correct decision I care about what's right what's wrong and the fact that Salah said oh he prefers the 
what's it? The mistakes the ref make. What a load of horseshit. <laughs> you either dive or you don't, you know, so... The, the reality is, I've never complained about because yes, there has been a bit of a different style game now where the emotion has a bit has subsided a little bit. Where you see players scoring offside goals now, and they kind of like hold back on their celebration because they're like, uh, "Am I going to be called offside?" or whatever the case is. You see, uh, yeah. you see plenty of things happening now. Where like people are like, "Oh, this is getting checked," and you don't see the normal the anxiety. You don't see the emotion. You don't see the happiness. So I do get it, but ultimately. I want transparency in the game, and that's what VAR brings. That's exactly what VAR brings. We can't, we can't keep going down the road where you've got teams like Barca and Madrid winning Champions Leagues because they've been diving and winning like that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what, ultimately that that's what's been going on a lot. And and just you know, to be can... just to be controversial, there was a time there was a time a couple of years ago where big teams were getting decisions because refs were under pressure to call it for them. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. United, so Alex true. Ferguson, for example. <laughs> the, the master. Exactly. The, the master. Exactly, the master of intimidating referees. Exactly. Mm, no, for sure, dude. I couldn't stand it, to be honest. I was actually starting to fall out of love with football because of it. I mean, even today, I think I think it was great that Harry Kane tried to get that penalty. Never got it. And nah, it Dan, Dan, that was a penalty. There was contact. Like, Socrates pushes him over, literally. <laughs> That's a penalty, Dude, and he has a right to no, go over. No, it's not. Why? He, you, watch, you watch his legs. Watch what he does with his legs. Harry Kane. That man looked for that thing from way back. The fact, yes, Socrates' hands touched him on the back, but but you know what? Sorry, just 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 while I, while I'm on that topic, I'm waiting for someone out there to invent some sort of. Something to add to VAR, right? Where it does a whole algorithm, right, of your weight, speed, everything to determine how much force could actually take you off your feet. Wow, you know, like, that'll be crazy. You know, like, you know, like uh, I don't know if you've seen in cricket, they do the whole simulation thing of the ball, the height, the speed, did it touch the bat, did it, if, if you know, for like LBW, mm. would it hit the wickets and stuff? Do the same thing. But for football, taking the weight of the player and the speed, you know, all the physics to be able to tell you whether this contact in the box would be able to take you off your feet or not. Yeah, wow, that's pretty hectic, Dan. I never thought of that before, but that's, that'll be interesting. But VAR will be improved over time. Um, no, no, definitely. To move on to the Spurs side of things, I think um, a lot of players in the Spurs team had pretty solid performances. Maurizio Pochettino has been making a lot of hefty calls when it comes to his first team selection. Like, for example, mm. playing Davidson Sanchez out on the right-hand side. I mean, Kalushinek was having a field there on the left. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised they never started Aurier. Aurier is a freak. I love Aurier. I'm a big fan of Aurier. Aurier has been injured, so that's why like, Kyle Walker-Peters has been playing. But the reality is, it's like... I know it's a big game. It's not London Derby, but I would have played Kyle Walker-Peters because... Mm, I would have trusted him He's he's a natural right right back. He's naturally playing there all the time. I mean, give, give exactly. him give him a chance to like you know to uh, to perform in a big game. And maybe if he's not handling it too well, then maybe pull him off in like the second half or at half time, you know, and then make that call of putting on Davinson Sanchez. I didn't agree with putting him at, at right back because that gives. I mean, let's be real. Um, some people are not. Oh, going no, to he's put 
Some guys aren't going to track back and help out Davidson Sanchez. So he basically has a two-on-one every time with Aubameyang and Kolesinek. So and we all know he's going to win that battle. Yeah, hands down. But you know what? At the end of the day, Pochettino thinks very frustrated that he hasn't won anything. Still a bigger club than Tottenham. They can eat my asshole. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> True. I don't. I dislike them heavily, dude. Like, if they won today, I would have been very angry. I won't lie to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine with the draw because they don't have anything to say over it. Honestly, when I saw when I saw Davinson Sanchez, Jan Vertonghen, and Toby Alderweireld in the same lineup, in my head I'm saying, "Oh, he's going with the back three. The mm. next thing I know, Davinson Sanchez is out at right back. So I was just, I was very I was very confused by that. I, I didn't understand. It's a joke. I didn't, I genuinely didn't understand that. Second thing, I didn't understand why Lucas Moura wasn't playing. I swear to you, if Lucas Moura was playing, we would have lost that game. It's a whole different game after that. Because he, he's got pace to burn, and we were exposed, or we were open a lot. And, and the if it was Son, our race would have been game done. With Kolesinek bombing on the left wing, that means there's plenty of space that can be exposed on that part of the pitch. And if Lucas Moura is playing, I guarantee you he exposes that side. No, definitely, 110%, dude. I'm, I'm real enough to at least say I see the same thing if, if he was on that field. It would have wow. been way... It would have been a very different result. That's for sure. That's yeah. for damn sure. Yeah, yeah no, I, I think I think Hugo Lloris had a very shaky game today as well. Yeah, I know you did, eh? Sheesh. I was actually... You know what, I'm never surprised because, I don't know, these occasions seem to get to him a little bit. The North London derby... Especially makes at the Emirates. Mm, so true, he's very prone to mistakes. Hey, but I must say, I was very happy when Ceballos came on that field. My gosh, what a substitution. The man changed the whole game around, actually. Mm, even that shot. That shot he had, I was about to say, what? The way that thing just dips towards the, the goal, man. I was, wow, I was done. Mm. No, same, yeah, that's why, that's why, you know what, that's why I was hoping we were going to go, um, like, 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Something like that with with uh Yusubayos at CIM and Torreira and then Torreira and Jaka maybe holding the midfield. Would so, have been would have been good to watch. Tell me, are you happy with the point so far? Yeah, I am. I mean if I look at it compared to the rest of the table, we're above Chelsea, we're above Man United and they've barely played anybody. <laughs> they've barely played anyone. They're yeah. still gonna play Tottenham, Liverpool, City <laughs> wow! Wow! Who is Sheffield drew to Chelsea at home? That's a big loss for them, eh? That's, that's a huge loss. That's a big drop because of. That's a big drop two points. That exactly because you got to compare the fixtures. When Tottenham comes to town for Chelsea, that's that's going to be points dropped. If Sheffield comes to the Emirates, we're more than likely probably going to beat them. That's yeah. how I see it. I see it as head to heads. You know, if you compare it, we're more likely to get points off Sheffield than they are off Tottenham. So that means in the near future we should be pushing more points ahead of them mm. and then more points ahead of Man United at the same time because they've got hard fixtures to come as well. I was legit loving Lacazette's hold-up play today. Oof. I always said he'd be a good 10. But... <laughs> Dan, so Arsenal go to Watford uh, in two weeks' time after the international break and they go to Vicarage Road. Now Watford have been in a very poor a vein of form recently they've been they've been catching hiding all over the show then yep. 
Do you feel that Arsenal will go away from home and get three points in two weeks' time? It's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. I'll tell you why. It's because Watford's a wounded animal. And I'll tell you, there's one way that they could crack Arsenal at that at their home ground. Mm-hmm. All they have to do is start Saar on the wing, start Delefeu on the other wing. You either start Dini or Gray up front. I think Troy Dini will start. promise you now there's going to be problems for us in that game. Wow. It's a problem. Because they're going to have pace to burn. Yeah, it's going to be a big problem, man. I think, you know, just just going back to the, the North London derby, um, I think, you know, Emery was a bit cautious today of, uh, mm. of of certain elements within the game. I think he was a bit cautious to play Danny Kevalos. Mm, and that's what bothered me. He's overthinking things a little bit too much. Yeah, I think he was a bit cautious to play a couple of his players in the correct positions because... He just no, that's I think that was a bit that was a, it was a bit like apprehensive of him to pick the starting lineup if I'm correct. Yeah, I, I thought you know what? Why not just flip and just put the guys in their correct positions and then start gelling from there. He's trying to make up too many different combinations, and that's going to take time to get used to. And yeah. at the end of the day, we don't have time when we're playing the likes of Liverpool and Tottenham. Do that against the smaller teams. Do what you need to do. But at the end of the day, you need to play your players in their correct, most suited positions, and then you'll start seeing the results. Yeah, yeah. For now, and then start doing your experiments against the other teams. Yeah, I think you know the midfield of of I've seen lots of complaints from Arsenal fans on Twitter about that midfield pairing of Matteo Guendouzi and and Ganacheka because their complaints is, is that like where does the pace come from? Where does the the ability to uh, to get past the player and like you know. Um, where are the, like the, the, the legs actually where are the legs in those two that like where is it going to come from because neither of them have the legs to uh, you know to make those those runs or to, to track back and catch people like Moses Soko for example mm. yeah I say that's what I said we needed a right back so badly because Ainsley Maitland-Niles would have gone into that position so easily you know he what would have been Maitland, he would have been like uh, our Van Alden almost. Yeah, 100%. Maitland-Niles has been so impressive at right back for a midfielder. Like, I've been really impressed with Maitland-Niles. I mean, you want, all you need to do is watch him against Man United. I think it was two seasons ago. The guy destroyed the midfield. The guy was so good. Nah, he, he, was, he, <laughs> was, he was really good, my G. Like, I've actually been really impressed with, with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. Like, he's been really impressive at right back. I think the reality is, I think Arsenal just can't wait for people like Bellerin and Tierney to come back into the first team. They need them. Yeah, no, God help us. Seriously, those two are going <laughs> to add a lot of balance. They'll add a lot of balance to our back four. And then people can hopefully calm their assholes down because I'm so sick and tired of listening to guys say, oh, defence is this, that defence is that. I get it's a bit shaky, but we don't need to overreact and say we're fucked and... Do you know what I'm saying? We've got two very good right and left backs coming back. Mm. They can add stability to our team. We've got Rob Holding coming back. You know what I would do, actually? I would actually start making David Luiz as our CDM. Yeah, 100%. Rob yeah. Holding come back. Because Rob Holding and Socrates together are very solid. Mm. They balance and complement each other well. Well, Dan, you know what? You got a nice draw at Spurs today. I think you, sh- you should be happy with the points. I think there were some controversial moments within the game. But our points all in all means that both teams walk away. Uh, I think Spurs walk away with a, with a happier sentiment here. Probably. Definitely. But I'll tell you what, we'll go to their shit ball and 
smack the crap out of them, hopefully. <laughs> when, when our team comes together. Because <laughs> you know what? At the end of the day, our team's still settling in. But look at it realistically. Our new players are still settling in. He's yeah. trying to find the right formation, consistent formation. And hey, I'm not, I'm not going to come out here and say we should just be smashing everyone because that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. We need to find our way. You know, once, once Klopp found his way, it was all up from there. Yeah. And we start to find our way to play consistently in this formation with this player, that player, that player. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to take some time. Hundred percent, Dan. My guy, you have the best week. I'm definitely gonna have you back in two weeks' time to chat at Vicarage Road. Thanks, man. Shot. Thanks so much. Shot, man. G. Have a good one. Cheers. Shot, man. You too. Cheers. Well, that's been Dan Skilton, guys. I'm happy to have him on the dugout tonight. It's been a pretty interesting post-match analysis about the North London derby. I hope you guys all enjoyed that game. By the way, I hope it was a very exciting game for all of you around the world. It was pretty awesome, guys. Pretty awesome. So, I actually have some very cool YouTube content coming through soon. I had a quick episode with six of my boys. So, it is me, Henry Calaba, Tabo, Jay Jabs, Keta, and Cam. So, those are all my boys. And, uh, yeah, good episode we recorded for about 40 minutes or so. So, guys, tomorrow is Monday. Have the best day. Enjoy the rest of your week. I hope you guys are all going to be... Uh, going to be okay there's no premier league football next week as we have the international break i know all of us are pretty bummed about that i genuinely i genuinely hate that break so look after yourselves guys you can find me on instagram at the dugout podcast or you can find me on my personal page as well at ryan double underscore leaf l-e-a-f you can also find me on twitter at rw leaf green guys let's have a chat hit me up we can defo talk footy whenever you guys want This is your boy Ryan Leaf on the Dugout Football Podcast. Have the best week.